people. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, normally, now I don't always preach Mother's Day messages on Mother's Day. You that have attended here for years know that. But today I just feel like it'd be good to preach a Mother's Day message. And uh, this is going to be a little different today because, you know, normally I have you turning in the Bible and, and we'll always do that and, and keep that up. We need to stay in the Word of God. Amen? We, we need to stay in the Word of God. However, today we, I've got scripture to share with you more so at the end of the message. But uh, I, I just want to share some humorous things with you about Mother's Day, which hopefully you'll find humorous. Some reflective things, some things to reflect on. And then some scriptural things. And so we'll start with what we hope to be humorous statements about motherhood and, and moms. Uh, motherhood is full of frustrations and challenges, but eventually they grow up and move out of the house. The mother of three notoriously unruly youngsters was asked whether or not she'd have children if she had to do it over again. Yes, she replied, but not the same ones. (laughs) A little boy forgot his lines in a Sunday school presentation. His mother was in the front row to prompt him. She gestured and formed the words silently with her lips, but it did not help. Her son's memory was blank. Finally, she leaned forward and whispered the cue, I am the light of the world. The child beamed and with great feeling and a loud, clear voice said to the audience, My mother is the light of the world. (laughs) A teacher gave her class of second graders a lesson on the magnet and what it does. The next day in a written test, she included this question. My full name has six letters. The first letter is M. I picked up things. What am I? When the test papers were turned in, the teacher was astonished to find that almost 50% of the students answered the question with the word mother. (laughs) Now the evolution of mothers. Uh, Being a parent changes everything. But being a parent also changes with each baby. Here are some of the ways having a second and third child is different from having the first. First of all, maternity clothes. With the first baby, you begin wearing maternity clothes as soon as your doctor confirms your pregnancy. Second baby, you wear your regular clothes for as long as possible. Third baby, your maternity clothes are your regular clothes. Preparing for the birth, first baby, you practice your breathing religiously. Second baby, you don't bother practicing because you remember that last time breathing didn't do a thing. Third baby, you ask for an epidural in your eighth month. The baby's clothes, first baby, you pre-wash your newborn's clothes color coordinate them and fold them neatly in the baby's little bureau. Second baby, you check to make sure that the clothes are clean and discard only the ones with the darkest stains. Third baby, boys can wear pink, can't they? (laughs) Worries, the first baby at the first sign of distress, a whimper, a frown, you pick up the baby. Second baby, you pick up the baby when uh, when, when her wails threaten to wake your firstborn. Third baby, 
you teach your three-year-old how to rewind the mechanical swing. The pacifier, the first baby, if the pacifier falls on the floor, you put it away until you can go home and wash and boil it. Second baby, when the pacifier falls on the floor, you squirt it off with, this, with some juice from the baby's bottle. Third baby, you wipe it off on your shirt and pop it back in. <laughs> Diapering, the first baby, you change your baby's diapers every hour whether they need it or not. Second baby, you change their diaper every two to three hours if needed. Third baby, you try to change their diaper before others start to complain about the smell or you see it sagging to their knees. Going out, first baby, the first time you leave your baby with a sitter and call home five times. Second baby, just before you walk out the door, you remember to leave a number where you can be reached. Third baby, you leave instructions for the sitter to call only if she sees blood. (laughs) At home, the first baby, you spend a good bit of every day just gazing at the baby. Second baby, you spend a bit of every day watching to be sure your older child isn't squeezing, poking, or hitting the baby. The third baby, you spend a little bit of every day hiding from the children. (laughs) Humorous. Isn't it? How am I doing? All right. My mother taught me statements. My mother taught me and my brother to appreciate a job well done. If you're going to kill each other, do it outside. I just finished cleaning the house. My mother taught me religion. You'd better pray that stain will come out of the carpet. My mother taught me about time travel. If you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you into the middle of next week. My mother taught me logic because I said so. That's why. My mother taught me about stamina. You sit there until all the spinach is gone. My mother taught me the circle of life. I brought you into this world and I can take you out. My mother taught me about behavior modification. Stop acting like your father. My mother taught me about anticipation. Just wait until we get home. My mother taught me about receiving. You're going to get it when we get home. My mother taught me genetics. You act just like your father. My mother taught me about justice. One day you will have kids and I hope they turn out just like you. Why did God make mothers? The following are different answers given by school-aged children to these given, two given questions. Why did God make mothers? She's the only one who knows where the scotch tape is. Think about it. It's the best way to get more people, mostly to clean the house. How did God make mothers? He used dirt just like for the rest of us. How did God make mothers? Magic plus superpowers and a lot of stirring. And finally, he made my mom just the same like he made me. He just used bigger parts. (laughs) That was the humor. Now we'll reflect. (laughs) Are you ready to reflect? Okay. Uh, 
Abraham Lincoln said, all that I am or ever hope to be, I owe to my mother. He also said, I remember my mother's prayers and they have always followed me and they have clung to me all of my life. He also said, no man is poor who has had a godly mother. George Washington said, my mother was the most beautiful woman I ever saw. All I am, I owe to my mother. I attribute all my success in life to the moral, intellectual, and physical education I received from her. It's George Washington. John Abbott said, Mothers have as powerful an influence over the welfare of future generations as all other earthly causes combined. Something, isn't it? These guys loved their moms, didn't they? Andrew Jackson said, There never was a woman like her. She was gentle as a dove and brave as a lioness. The memory of my mother and her teachings were, after all, the only capital I had to start with. And on that capital, I made my way. Is that something? W.R. Wallace said, The hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Jackie Kennedy Onassis said, if you bungle raising your children, I don't think whatever else you do well matters very much. Denzel Washington said, my mother never gave up on me. I messed up in school so much that they were sending me home, but my mother kept sending me right back. <laughs> I remember when I wouldn't sit in, uh, when I wouldn't sit in, uh, uh, I wouldn't stay at first grade. And uh, I acted up and uh, I told everybody I was sick and I didn't feel good, but I, I just wanted to go home. And I remember my mother one day made me sit in my room and just stare out the window. And I did that all day. And then the next day I did the same thing and I, I thought I was going to get to go home and play, but she made me stare out the window. And so after a couple of days of watching the grass grow, I decided to be better off just to go, go back to school. And so, so uh, thank God for mothers that send you back to school. This is the uh, title, The Meanest Mother in the World. Uh, we had the meanest, the meanest Mother in the World. This was by Steve Hesse. He said, we had the meanest mother in the whole world. While other kids ate candy for breakfast, we had to have cereal, eggs, and toast. When others had a Pepsi and a Twinkie for lunch, we had to eat sandwiches. And you can guess our mother fixed us a dinner that was different than other kids had too. Mother insisted on knowing where we were at all times. You would think we were convicts in a prison. She had to know who our friends were and what we were doing with them. She insisted that if we said we would be gone for an hour, we would be gone for an hour or less. We were uh, ashamed to admit it but she had the nerve to break the child labor laws by making us work. We had to wash the dishes, make the beds, learn to cook, vacuum the floor, do the laundry, and all sorts of cruel jobs. I think she would lay awake at night thinking of more things for us to do. She always insisted on us telling the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. By the time we were teenagers, she could read our minds and life was really tough. 
She wouldn't let our friends just honk the horn when they drove up. They had to come up to the door so she could meet them. While everyone else could date when they were 12 or 13, we had to wait until we were 16. Because of our mother, we missed out on lots of things other kids experienced. None of us have ever been caught shoplifting, vandalizing others' property, or ever arrested for any crime. It was all her fault. We never got drunk, took up smoking, stayed out all night, or a million other things other kids did. Sundays were reserved for church, and we never missed once. We knew better than to ask to spend the night with a friend on Saturdays. Now that we have left home, we are all God-fearing, educated, honest adults. We were doing our best to be mean we are, we are doing our best to be mean parents just like our mom was. The world just doesn't have enough mean parents anymore. And, and of course the point of that is she wasn't mean. She was doing what she was supposed to be doing. A mother's love. Years ago, a young mother was making her way across the hills of South Wales carrying her tiny baby in her arms when she was overtaken by a blinding blizzard. She never reached her destination, and when the blizzard had subsided, her body was found by searchers beneath a mound of snow. But they discovered that before her death, she had taken off all of her outer clothing and wrapped it around her baby. When they unwrapped the child, to their great surprise and joy, they found the found, they found the baby alive and well. She had, she, had mounded her, she had mounted her body over his and given her life for her child, proving the depths of her mother's love. Years later, that child, David Lloyd Jar, George, grown, grown to manhood, became prime minister of Great Britain and without doubt one of England's greatest statesmen. A mom will give her life for her child, won't she? And then the stages of motherhood. When a child is around four years of age, the statement is, my mommy can do anything. At eight years of age, my mom knows a lot, a whole lot. Twelve years of age, my mother doesn't really know quite everything. Fourteen years of age, a child will say, naturally, mother doesn't know that either. Sixteen years, mother, she's hopelessly old-fashioned. Eighteen years, that old woman, she's way out of date. Twenty-five years, well, she might know a little bit after all. Thirty-five years before we decide, let's get mom's opinion. Forty-five years, wonder what mom would have thought about it. And at sixty-five, wish I could talk it over with mom. Take advantage of your mom while you got her, amen? Amen. You only have one, don't you? And I realize some have, you know, there's blended families, so I, I am sensitive to that, and that's, there's truth there. You know, I've noticed in a lot of blended families, sometimes a, a stepmother can be better to a child than a natural mother in, in, in many, many cases. So, so remember that, too, that just, you know, don't ever say, well, she's not my natural mom, because I've noticed that a lot of times... Uh, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of natural moms not be as good to their children as, as stepmoms. So we should honor our mothers, whether they're, whether they're our natural biological mother or our stepmom. Can you say amen to that? And show them honor and respect. Now I want to just share with you some scriptures about motherhood. 
for the sake of time, I mean, you can, you can look these up if you want. But uh, Proverbs 15 and 20, Proverbs 15 and 20 says, A wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish man despises his mother. A foolish man despises his mother. Proverbs 20 and 20 says that if somebody curses their mom, their lamp will go out. Proverbs 23.22, Proverbs 23.22 says not to despise your mother when she is old. Don't despise your mother when she is old. Proverbs 31.28 talks about her children rise up and call her blessed. And you know that's what children ought to do for their mamas, rise up and call her blessed. And not just on Mother's Day, but every day. And then her husband also praises her. As I was putting this message together, I I found there was a quote. I didn't put it in. I I could have. I just, I don't know why I didn't. But said that one of the greatest things that a father can do for his children is to love their mother and treat her with respect. Uh, Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Ephesians chapter 6, 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. There were ten commandments given to us, but of those ten, honoring your father and your mother is the one that carries a promise that we may live long upon the earth and it may be well with us. So let's always keep all 10 of those commandments, but let's certainly honor our mom and our dad and things will go well with us and we'll live long. And then 2 Timothy 1, 5, 2 Timothy 1 and 5, 2 Timothy 1, 5. When I call to remembrance, this is the Apostle Paul speaking of Timothy, who was a younger minister, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, speaking to Timothy, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, I am persuaded it is in you also. Notice notice this genuine faith that was in young Timothy. It started with his grandmother, came down to his mother, and then was instilled within him. I can still remember my grandma. Her name was Clara, C-L-A-R-A. Had no middle name. Steinert and then Scheel. She came over from Germany. And I would always put her socks on in the morning, take her socks off at night. That was my job. And, uh, but she would sit and read the Bible to me, or, to me or we'd lay in her bed, you know. And she would read the Bible. I remember that. I also remember my mom and my dad making sure that I was in the Baptist church, Sunday school, Sunday mornings. And I wouldn't stay alone. I didn't want to be alone. So one of them would sit, you know, I had other classmates in there, but one of them would sit in the corner and, uh, and they were with me. They saw to it that I was in Sunday school. And so I appreciate that. Also, as you look at the Bible, you see an interesting relationship between Jesus and his mother, between Jesus and his mother. 
You know, Jesus had no natural father. He was born of a virgin. You know that. Uh, he had uh, what we would call a stepfather, Joseph, you know. But, uh, but his mother had, an, had a real good relationship with her. Uh, she would, uh, along, you know, Joseph, along with Joseph and Mary, would see to it that Jesus, well, actually, they took him to the temple when he was eight days old and presented him. And then on a yearly basis, they would take him to Jerusalem, you know, to worship. And as things went on with, uh, with them, the Bible teaches us that Jesus subjected himself to his mom and dad. And he was a, 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 good, a very good example of a, of a young lad. The Bible says he increased in wisdom and so on. You realize he was God, but he was also a man, you know, and, and, and all of that. But he was subject to his parents. And then as he began his ministry and, uh, you know, went on down the road... Uh, there was one point, remember that Mary thought Jesus was out of his mind. Remember that. And I guess maybe at one time or another, every parent may think that their child has lost their mind. Does any parents in here relate to that? I know when I told my mom I was going to go to uh, Bible school, she thought I was out of my mind. And, but you know, I'm so glad I continued with the things of God. Because I was able to get her to Jesus, amen? And she's, she's in a nursing home now. She's doing very well, by the way. But uh, I know some of, you, of y'all have gone over and visited her, and I thank you for that. And, uh, but we got her to Jesus, amen? And so uh, that's, that's the important thing. But uh, she's doing very well. But I know uh, she thought I was out of, out of my mind. And, but we've served God, and God has blessed us, and we got her to the Lord. But uh, Mary, at one point, thought Jesus was was out of his mind. You can see that in the scripture. But you see that Mary ultimately had respect for Jesus because remember when he was going to turn the water into wine, uh, remember what she told the the people that had the, the containers with the water and all. What did she say? She said, whatever he says to you to do, do it. And so uh, she, she had great respect for him. And uh, as, as you notice, um, Jesus and his, and his mom... Uh, particularly that during that time when uh, when uh, she thought he was out of his mind, you can read it in the Bible. Uh, she came to see him, and he wouldn't uh, he wouldn't wouldn't see her. Remember that he she showed up with the brothers, and somebody said, "Jesus, your mom and brothers are outside," and he wouldn't see him. And, and I wondered about that for years, but you know why he wouldn't see him? One reason because remember he said, "Look around here. He that does the will of the Father is my mother and brother." Remember, sister and so Remember that was because I, I think that there might have been conflict between him and his mom, perhaps. Because she came to take him, the Bible said, because she thought he was crazy. But he wasn't going to speak with her when she was in that state. It's interesting. You know, when there's con- we ought to try to avoid conflict as best we can. Amen? So we learn a lesson there about Jesus and his mother. Uh, but ultimately, she had the greatest respect for him. And you know, something else I notice about Jesus is that he loved his mother greatly... But he loved his heavenly father more. And we should love our parents. We should love our moms. But we should love our heavenly father more. And um, it's interesting that in Jesus' darkest hour, as he hung upon the cross, remember the Bible says that there, there was by the cross Mary, his mother. She, she wasn't far away, was she? She's right there. And it's interesting, Jesus, in his darkest hour, as he hung upon the cross, was still mindful of his mother 
Remember that? When she turned Mary, uh, when she turned Mary over to, to John. Did you ever notice that she didn't, that he did not turn Mary over to one of his natural brothers? Did you ever notice that? Couldn't turn him over. Couldn't turn her over to the natural, natural brothers. They probably were not in a condition where they could take care of her. So Jesus turned Mary over to John. Somebody that was following God. Somebody that would really care for her. And take care of her. And love her. And so you see Jesus in his darkest hour. Honoring his mother and caring for her. I'll conclude by sharing this with you. There were four clergymen who were discussing the merits of the various translations of the Bible. One liked the King James Version best because of its simple, beautiful English. Another liked the American Revised Version best because it is more literal and comes nearer the original Hebrew and Greek. Still another liked Moffat's translation best because of its up-to-date vocabulary. The fourth minister was silent. When asked to express his opinion, he replied, I like my mother's translation best. The other three ministers expressed surprise. They did not know that his mother had translated the Bible. Yes, she did, he replied. She translated it into everyday life. And it was the most convincing translation I ever saw. On Mother's Day, a minister gave this perfect tribute to his mother. He said, my mother practices what I preach. When Robert Ingersoll, the notorious skeptic and critic, was in his heyday, two college students went to hear him lecture. As they walked down the street after the lecture, one said to the other, well... I guess he knocked the props out from under Christianity, didn't he? The other said, no, I don't think he did. Ingersoll did not explain my mother's life. And until he can explain my mother's godly Christian life, I will stand by my mother's God and by the Lord Jesus Christ. Stand with me if you would. Heavenly Father, as I just shared here for a few moments today, some things concerning motherhood. I just trust that the people got something good here today. That they'll take something away from this today that'll be a blessing to them. And that all of us will just have even a greater love and respect for our mothers than than, than we've ever had before. Now, if there's anybody here today that you've never come into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ I'd like to invite you to do that today before you leave there'll be some men and women standing down here in the front if you've never repented of your sins and asked Jesus to come into your life I want to invite you to do that today there is a heaven to gain there is a hell to shun what I mean by that there's a heaven above and a hell beneath when we die we're going to go on the other place God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. He wants everybody to make heaven. 
But to do that, you must repent of your sins and, and ask Jesus into your life. You must not just pray a prayer, that's just part of it, but you must surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I'll invite you to do that today if you've never done that before. Or maybe you're here today and you've not been as close to him as you know you should be. You can pray with these nice people up here in the front. They'll be glad to get you back in and help you get back in that, into that relationship with the Lord that you need to have. If you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, you need healing in your body, or you just need somebody to talk to, there'll be people down here as well who just talk to you and love you and pray with you. Thank God. Thanks for coming today. There's good days ahead for this ministry. I'm so excited about what God is doing here. And let's just stay together in a spirit of love and a spirit of unity and walk in the will of God that he has for us. Can you say amen? Well, happy Mother's Day to you all. Have a great rest of the day. You're dismissed. God bless you.